Are you ready, Chris? I am. I think I am. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Welcome, everybody. My name is Caleb, and I'm here with my friend Chris. We've been buddies for a while, and we take time regularly, at least once a week, to connect and talk about whatever's on our mind. And most often, that is about you know something in the relationship of life, universe, meditation, the way everything works, what it'll, you know, what we're doing here and how to get a little bit more substance out of our existence. And the idea occurred to us that, you know, there may be others out there who want to eavesdrop on these conversations and could get something out of it. So we're just going to talk today a little bit about stuff that interests us. We hope that you enjoy it. Today, uh, we're going to start with meditation. And I think meditation is one of those topics that is a buzzword and certainly has grown in popularity a lot. And there's a big range of different ideas that can come to mind when people use the word meditation. A lot of popular apps like Headspace have brought it to the maid's dream. And some people think about just sitting quietly with your eyes closed, listening to a guided meditation. Other people think about it trying to stop all their thinking and their goal is to not think during this time. And other people just sort of think it's a reflection. You know, there's just a wide range of different ideas on what meditation can mean. Uh, And someone I've learned a lot about meditation from is Chris. And Chris, big broad sweeping question what is meditation to you chris oh it is broad i will try to be as concise as i can but it's such a huge part of existence that it is hard to paraphrase what it's all about but in my opinion the reality is that really everyone knows what meditation is. They just don't realize that they already know it. And in fact, when I have been asked by family and friends to kind of explain what it is or what I do or why I disappear into the bedroom for an hour or whatever, what's going on there, and I'll explain it to them and they go, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I get it. So it really isn't mysterious. It is something that resonates with most people. So um, my idea of what meditation is in a very broad scheme is it's an opportunity to slow your mind down so that you can either gain balance or peace or come up with new ideas and creativity. And when I do meditation, and I'll explain briefly what that means when I say that, but when I do it, I can do it sometimes because I'm feeling a little bit of stress and unease, and it makes that go away. It does not mask it. It lets you deal with it and come out with almost like a plan for what to do to make that stressful situation go away, to process it. Um, You slow it, you just get an opportunity to slow down what they call the monkey mind or the monkey brain. And pretty much everybody experiences this. And it's that constant chatter that's going on in your brain. It's throughout the day, you 
feel like there are a thousand monkeys running around inside your skull haphazardly making noises, throwing bananas, whatever it is that monkeys do, and you feel like you cannot get them to stop. Um, and we're also used to it. Sometimes we, or a lot of times, we just don't even realize that they are having a party inside our brain. And there's meditation gives you this opportunity to slow them down and to make maybe the 50 loudest ones of them still there, but all the other ones will calm down. And so it's just a chance to take a breath and to add clarity and peace to your brain. And then the third thing is, and oftentimes kind of in, in order, is once that's done, meditation for me has given me the opportunity that, to then ask, you know, the universe. I don't want to use anything too heavy, but basically you're asking the universe or your soul or whatever it is, whatever terminology people would like to use to uh, be creative and solve a problem. And so a lot of times when I am in the flow and I'm in meditation and when I feel like the timing's right, and if I remember to do so, I'll ask a question and it could be, how do I solve this problem? What am I not thinking of? Or an idea might pop in my head and it can be as small as right now um, I'm trying to design a way to hide a big, ugly flat screen TV in our master bedroom. And I love doing this. I love designing this stuff. I'm designing it on uh, Fusion 360 right now, which is a computer program so that I can wrap my head around how it's going to go together and solve the problems before I actually start building this thing out of wood and hinges and motors and all the stuff that I enjoy doing. But there has never been anything more effective than me just asking my brain, my mind, how to solve that, how to figure it out. And if you can just imagine, meditation gives you the opportunity to solve problems like that. It just is, it's extremely valuable. So what I could, you go go ahead, go ahead. I, I actually love hearing how you would, how you describe meditation, the, the quieting, the brain, the take a breath in the moment of reflection and the practical solutions on the other side of it, I think are all such key parts of meditation. And if we've both experienced such practical parts, but I wonder if there isn't a f- another dimension there. Hmm. And that's, uh, in the space of understanding less like, you know, practical problem solving, which is a piece of it. Um, but it seems like you've experienced a lot of epiphanies, enlightenment, you know, through meditation as the gateway. Um, would you agree that that kind of sits in that mix somewhere? Yes, it absolutely does. Um, the... It was actually what I thought you'd, that was, I think what I'm so surprised about is that that's actually what I thought you'd start with. I thought there, there'd be something in there right away around like, you know, the gateway to enlightenment. I don't know what, yeah. what a word doesn't feel charged, but the gateway to understanding or to like, you know, 
into these greater things. And you surprised me when you went into a space of like, you know, just calming the mind as a gateway to like practical problem solving, like building a encasement for a TV, which of course is a benefit. Um, but I'm curious where you, where you went, why you went that direction. If I started, it turns out I started meditating when I was 16 years old, but I didn't know I was doing it. So I had a driving job, a job where I delivered food for a company called Home on the Range, one of the best jobs I ever had. And I had a tape player in my car, so that tells you how old I am. And you could rent what were called books on tape, which is like a podcast now. And one of the ones I listened to was by Wayne Dyer, I believe his name is. And it was teaching me this thing called the 321 method. By 16 years old, I had a mild case of ulcers, and my parents said, you need to figure out how to stress less or you're going to just not have a as enjoyable a time. And so I was already trying to figure out how to manage stress. And so I learned the 321 method. Um, I would do it in my room or whatever, and I did it just to calm myself down and for stress relief. Well, it turns out I learned later in life that that is what you call meditation. So I kind of came to it accidentally. But what is if the three two one method? The three two one method is a it's a method of just calming yourself down, and so it's really neat. The idea is that I think it's around a half an hour. It's been a long time since I've done it, but it takes about a half an hour to program your brain so that you get yourself, for example, he runs through exercises that completely relax your body. And then you think of the number three, so that the next time you want to get to this place, you don't have to take a half an hour, you just say three, 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 and your body is relaxed. And to this day, I still use that um, every time. And so three, three, three is relax your body. For me, two, 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 is um, be calm, surrender, and one, one, one is go deeper. And then we can hopefully flesh out what I think all of that means at some point. But to answer your question, the reason I didn't lead into what I would call the heavy benefits of meditation and or what meditation can be when you keep doing it is because I feel like it's overwhelming. If I was 16 years old and someone said, you should meditate so that you have a better understanding of the quantum realm and the way the university, or uni, university, well, that would help too. Uh, <laughs> the way that universe, the universe works, I would have said, I'm going to go for a bike ride. Thanks anyway. Mm-hmm. And I want listeners to the, of this podcast to be nudged far enough with perhaps baby steps to actually go, oh, okay, so that's what meditation is. And if I give it a little bit of an opportunity, I might see a benefit. And if I keep doing it, there's other stuff down the path for me, which is how it worked out for me. Mm-hmm. I like that because you're not being prescriptive about what else is down the path because it may be different for everybody. And so you're not just saying that your experience is the experience, but that, you know, if you start down, um, if you start down the path, you're going to receive benefit and that benefit will be applicable to you and it will feel right for you. Uh, and, and it may look different than you or I. 
Correct. I agree. I think what I'd like to do is touch on what my app's actual meditation experience is. And, and then I'm going to ask you what yours is. And so um, for me, uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing now, but I want people to realize also there is no one way to meditate. And that's one thing that I learned. I read a book, um, the three pillars of Zen, and they tell you how you should sit with this proper posture that people have seen, you know, um, yogis doing and, uh, and you fold your feet into the lotus position. I'll tell you, I've done it. It is so uncomfortable. It is so painful that there's, in my opinion, for me, it just doesn't work. How can you relax and get to that place when you, when your knees are screaming at you, this is so painful, please stop doing it. So there's no one way to do it. And so here's what I do. And it, I can do it in my office. I've got a little space behind, uh, in my office behind a wall that I call my meditation station that's just a comfortable desk, or it's a desk and a comfortable chair, and it's kind of out of sight of people walking by uh, my office. And so I can do it there. I can do it in my bedroom. I can do it in any room in the house. I can do it with people in the house. Uh, I can do it in nature. I can do it with no noise, no headphones. I can do it um, with music. I can do it with these things called binaural beats or a certain noise that you can listen to that helps you out. Um, Totally quiet. I can do it with something called guided meditation. So you can do a ton of different things that work for you, and that's the most important thing is try things, but only do it if it works for you you should push a little bit and be flexible and try new things, but also give yourself the opportunity to, to discover what works for you. So a lot of what I, one thing that I'm doing lately is I'm just simply laying on my bed, propping myself up with some pillows. I have this black um, or this face mask thing that I just bought from Amazon uh, that I can link to whatever in these podcasts that we're learning about um, because I do like it. It's a Bluetooth, it has Bluetooth speakers in it and they work fine and it blacks out your, your view of course and darkens the room, which has some pretty important benefits that we can uncover at some point. And that's it. And so I'll get a, right now I just do a YouTube uh, recording or whatever of like something called the theta wave, which is a certain brain frequency. We won't get too involved in it. It doesn't really matter. It's just after doing this for however long I've been doing it, 30 years or something, I am starting to find ways that I can kind of get there faster, wherever there is a place I like to go, I can get there faster with this. And so I just simply lay on my bed, have this mask on, listen to what I want to, and then do the three, two, one method and surrender. I, what that means to you, if you're brand new to it, in my opinion, is you get the monkeys to stop chattering, you relax a bit, and then you just wait. And if nothing happens, if you give it 20 minutes and nothing happens, or 10 minutes, because something should happen relatively soon for you. But if nothing happens, you don't be discouraged. In my opinion, what I do is I just 
if it seems like it's not clicking for whatever reason, maybe I'm too tired, maybe I'm hungry, maybe it is too loud in the background, I will just say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Of course, I don't say it out loud, but you could. But I'm very thankful for just the opportunity to have a nice warm room, a beautiful bed to be laying on, these headphones to be listening to, a roof over my head, and for something, the universe, to be giving me this opportunity to just have spent this 20 minutes trying out what I did. And then I wake up or come out. I didn't fall asleep, but I come out. And there's no chance, no chance that I am worse off having done that mm -hmm. than if I hadn't. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's it. That is, that's all someone has to do. And I do promise that you would see benefit doing it Anyone would see benefit doing it. So that's an example of how I've done it. I've found, I've told Caleb about some neat things that I've done in nature. Um, the, uh, sorry, someone is peeking at me through my window, a boat detailer, wondering if he can chat with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what happens when you're trying to explain and help people meditate but run a business at the same time, I guess. So, um, Caleb, what is your meditation experience? What's your kind of, I, I want to say ritual, but I want people to know that you don't need to have a ritual. You just need to, if, if this resonates with you, you just kind of need to do it. What is your uh, current process for meditating? Yeah, like yours, mine has also taken some time to evolve. And it, what it looks like today, it didn't start out as. And I started meditating what would be probably about, I don't know, eight, maybe six years ago. And I used a lot of guided meditation. And um, my gateway in was listening to someone's voice sort of step by step, take me through a process where they would, you know, tell me to focus on my breath for this or breathe like that and then do this and think that. Don't think this. You know, they would sort of help guide you through the process. And it was a very, like, uh, kind of the gateway in. And today, what my meditation practice looks like is a little different from yours, Chris, in that I use a very, very slow, gentle yoga for 20 minutes to calm not just my mind, but my physical body. I have a lot of energy. And so sometimes even just to come into a place of physical stillness, not just mental stillness, I need to let go of some of that physical energy that's stored inside my muscles and bring myself into a place of quiet, calm and stillness. Uh, and that can happen while I'm trying to get my body and my mind in to work in unison and to come into a place of calmness and stillness. Uh, and so I use this very basic stretching po sequence of postures in yoga to detoxify, to cleanse, to like get all what I'd say, get the wiggles out. Um, and the, the same time I'm going through this um, very gentle guided 20 minute yoga flow, I've got... Um, a long format set of music playing on YouTube. And like you, Chris, this is like frequency specific. Uh, it's a little different than the one that you're using um, in that it is just 
tuned to a relaxation frequency, but it's harmonic in nature and it's got a little, um, you know, more melody to it than just a pure uh, brainwave frequency. Uh, and so that is a long format video. And what it does is it just keeps playing out after the 20 minute yoga has just concluded. I don't need to do anything or touch anything. It just keeps playing out. Um, and so when I end my practice in final Shavasana, for those of you that are familiar with yoga, it's the posture that you're laying down on your back with your arms at your side and your feet sort of splayed open. Uh, that is my gateway into meditation and I do it unguided and I just, um, uh, by that point I am in a place of calm, uh, both physically and mentally. And so I'm ready then to surrender to the place of see what comes next. And so, so most commonly for me, it's being been about 40, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, generally the whole experience lasts about an hour for me, um, but I don't use an alarm or something that forces me out of it. It just ends when it ends. And then I, um, you move on with my day. Uh, so like, you know, meditation itself as, uh, the physical practice can look very different, you know, for, for everyone. And Chris, what do you think is the, the, are the biggest misperceptions about meditation, both your own misperceptions about it or ones that you've run into? That's a smart question to ask because although meditation is gaining, thankfully gaining in popularity, more people are doing it and indirectly I think that it is going to have a huge impact on our ability to as huge as this might sound, save Mother Earth, uh, because it is raising people's conscious consciousness. And uh, you'll find out that I struggle with that word a lot, um, somewhat ironically, because we'll use it a lot. <laughs> but, uh, um, Should we pick a new topic for our podcast, Chris? <laughs> yeah, really, no kidding. Let's. How about cars? Let's just talk about cars okay, now, because I can pronounce cool. carburetor a lot better than conscience, consciousness. Um, <laughs> So, so what I think are misconceptions, you know, I feel like the elephant in the room is just the one that I had, which is you hear meditation and you think of, the, you know, the Dalai, maybe the Dalai Lama, not to rip on the guy. I think he is fantastic, but he has become this image of, of kind of monks and people who perhaps are able to fit into a lifestyle that doesn't seem practical day to day where you can't necessarily pull off uh, meditating for hours in the day and wearing very comfortable clothes, et cetera. And so um, I guess my thought was meditation just was for um, – was, I don't know, just I had trouble thinking about how meditation would fit in for my life and my lifestyle. And so people, the biggest, the biggest challenge would just be that there is an actual physical visual that people have of those who do meditation and maybe decide that they just don't fit in with that description. And the answer I feel to that is that everybody can and does meditate and that there isn't one image of what it is to meditate. It is anywhere from 
a guy laying in his master bedroom on his bed to a yogi in the lotus position at a monastery. And it's everything in between that. I would say another misconception would also, would kind of piggyback with that, which is that there is only one way to do meditation. And again, I don't believe that that's true at all. Actually, I can guarantee that's not true because I've tried different ways and I've gotten into the flow, into, um, you know, I don't, Caleb, I don't even remember at this point what we call, what, what a universal term for being in the flow or meditation or that place that you're at is. Why am I blanking on that? Are you referring to the quantum field? Well, no, more like the feeling you have when your mind is settled mm-hmm. and you are, you're, you're in that space, which I think we should talk about so that people know what to expect when they are meditating and what maybe one of the steps toward the goal would be of meditation. Um, but for now, we're just going to call it in the flow or, or when your mind is relaxed. And you, so I have had different ways of getting there. And so I know that it is not, um, it is, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And so that's another misconception is that there's certain ways that you should do it and don't bother if you can't pull that off. What, how about you? You can, Caleb, can you think of some, misconceptions that you have created, shot down, noticed in others? Yeah, I, I, I do think that the, the biggest misconception about meditation in general um, is that there's a right and wrong way to do it. So I completely agree with you on that. And um, my misconception with it was that it was somehow that you had to get to this magical place where you could somehow turn off all thoughts and um, that if you feel like that was a difficult place to struggle to access or you had a hard time figuring out how to get to a place where you're not thinking that you were doing a bad job at it or you weren't able to meditate. Um, and the, And I think that there's just a world of benefit outside of those realms and that these like experiments that you start running with it and finding out your personal benefit with it, it starts to be the path to figuring out what it looks like for you and shaping it for you and being playful with you. And there's obviously, when we talk about this topic, there's so much to talk about, which is why uh, we're going to keep this conversation going and we're going to do a few more parts to our little, this is the first part of our series on meditation, but uh, we've got more parts to come. So if you're liking this, if you're enjoying it, let us know what you think about it um, and keep listening because we're going to keep the conversation going on meditation. Sounds fun. Can't wait for the next part. Thank you, Caleb. Yep. Okay, more to come. All right, see ya.